coming up on Locked On Dodgers. Not much Dodgers specific to talk about from the weekend, so we'll dig into the World Series a little bit, talking about starting pitchers not going deep in games, the commissioner saying the game isn't marketed nationally, and a few other things. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. I am Jeff Snyder, Baseball Essential, and this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Vince and I are doing a split episode, so he will be with you for the second half of this show. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. This is the daily podcast covering the still reigning world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. And yes, we do get at least two more days of referring to the Dodgers as the world champions because it's going to be at least Tuesday before anybody dethrones them with the Astros winning on Sunday night uh, to pull the series within three to two. Uh, The Braves had a chance to win the series and look like they might early on getting a grand slam from Adam Duvall in the first inning. But unfortunately, uh, the back-to-back bullpen games for the Braves just came back to bite them. I say unfortunately for them, uh, I I don't care a lot. Uh, I'm, you know, to the extent that I care, I'm rooting for the, for the Braves. Uh, my best friend is a Braves fan. He's at, uh, he went to games four and, yeah, four and five in Atlanta. Uh, he was only planning on going to game four. And then when they won that game, so they had a chance to win the series in game five, he changed his flight and bought a ticket to game five. Unfortunately, it didn't work out the way that he wanted. Uh, some people know this about me, the Braves. I, I don't like the Braves. I've had a grudge against the Braves and their fans since 1991. Uh, my best friend who is a, a Braves fan, he comes by, honestly, he moved to the United States uh, right around the time the Braves started getting good. So he did, never had a chance to uh, be a fair weather fan because he moved to the United States and his first little league team was the Braves. So he became a Braves fan. And uh, so, you know, he comes by it honestly, so that's okay. I can respect that. And I want him to be happy. I would have rather had him be sad in the NLCS uh, like he was last year. But uh, now that the Dodgers are out of it, yeah, I I want my friend to be happy. And I don't want uh, fans of the Southeast Texas cheating cheaters to be happy. And I definitely think it will be fun if uh, that Southeast Texas cheating cheaters team uh, kept making it to the World Series and kept losing. And went down in history as their only world series win was the one they had to cheat to win. I think that would be funny. Uh, so anyway, so I've been watching, uh, more than I thought I would. I I've been watching, uh, I didn't watch the whole game on Sunday. We watched, uh, it was Halloween, watched a scary movie with the family. Uh, but then, you know, watch the beginning of the game, watch the end of the game, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but there's a few things going on this weekend. There, there was some, uh, Pearl clutching, fainting couch. I, I don't know what you want to call it. There was a lot of outrage uh, after game, I guess it was game three, just about starting pitchers not going deep in games. And it's the same thing we see, you know, anytime there's, there's, you know, every postseason basically lately that, you know, bullpens play a much bigger role in the postseason. That's kind of how it is and, and how it's probably going to be for the foreseeable future unless Major League Baseball makes some changes to the roster rules. But, you know, bullpens, uh, having fresh rested relievers is is a good approach. And it happens to be maybe worse this year because 
both uh, both teams in the World Series don't really have great starting rotations, and the Braves were weakened even more by Charlie Morton breaking his leg. And so, you know, it's a tough situation for them to be in. But, yeah, we knew going in that this was going to be a series of bullpens. And yet there were still a bunch of articles just, you know, and, and I've talked about this before, that fundament, fundamentally there are things in baseball where uh, the goal of winning baseball games and the goal of entertaining fans, they don't line up. And this is this is one of those. Uh, to an extent, and, and I'll explain the to an extent to, in a second, but yeah, you know, uh, a manager coming out and making a pitching change in the middle of an inning. There's nothing more boring than a mid-inning pitching change, but the manager's job is to win games. And, you know, the the manager, if he doesn't make that pitching change and he does something that's worse for his team just for the sake of, of the entertainment product, that would be a bad manager. That guy wouldn't be a manager for, for very long. And, you know, a manager and for fans of the team, I've said this when, uh, what was it that somebody on MLB network was upset about, oh, about, uh, using a, an opener instead of Julio, uh, using Knable to start that game against the giants. And, you know, so many people upset, well, that, you know, you, you watch the game to see the 20 game winner. No, if you're a Dodger fan, you're watching the game to see the Dodgers win the game. And, that was the goal. And that's why Dave Roberts did what he did, you know, and regardless of whether it was the right decision or not, the entertainment value should never come into, into the equation for a manager. The manager's job is to win games, plain and simple. It's major league baseball's job to make the game entertaining. And I'm going to talk more in the second segment about a little bit about that and, and some, you know, hashtag Jeff for commissioner stuff, but it's, it's the league's job to make the game entertaining. It's the manager's job to win games. And so if Major League Baseball wants to change uh, how much starting pitchers are pitching, they're going to have to make some changes. And I, I, I've said before, my my idea is limit the number of pitchers on a roster. You know, say, okay, you can only have 11 pitchers on your roster. Uh, you go deal with it. And, and that would mean you'd have, A, you would have more uh, bench players, more position players on your roster because all those roster spots that aren't filled by pitchers will be filled by position players, which would bump up offense because more often would you would have pinch hitters. So they'd have the platoon platoon advantage more often against the pitchers. Uh, right now, you know, most, most games, you know, uh, the late innings, it's like, okay, we're bringing in our righty reliever for the righty heavy part of the lineup, bringing in the lefty to face the lefties. And so the, the balance is skewed in favor of the pitchers. Limiting the number of pitchers on the roster would change that balance as far as uh, platoon advantage goes. It would mean, okay, everybody's got to go a little bit deeper. Starters, you know what? You're going to have to go six or seven. Uh, relievers, you, you got to come in uh, knowing you might have to go two innings, which means they can't come in just throwing gas the whole time. Got to kind of conserve some energy. Uh, I don't know that it would ever happen because it would lead to more injuries maybe, or at least that would be the concern. But, you know, ultimately, uh, that's, a, that's a decision baseball has to make. The fact that more guys might get hurt – isn't a good enough reason not to do it because major league baseball's job is to entertain the fans and to, you know, and right now, if what they decide is more offense would be more entertaining, that's a way to do it. And that probably supersedes, well, we might have some guys get hurt that wouldn't have otherwise got hurt. There's no way knowing whether they would have got hurt otherwise. Um, but you know, that that's major league baseball job. But the other thing that really bugged me this weekend was, it's not like anybody cares how many innings. I, I forget even which pitcher it was. It was like, oh, it was Ian Anderson. He was throwing a no-hitter through five innings. And he was at 76 pitches. He was not going to throw a no-hitter. He wasn't going to complete the game. And nobody cares. 
uh, I feel like I got robbed of two more innings of Ian Anderson. He could have gone deeper. And I, you know, the value of my life, my happiness depends on seeing two more innings of Ian Anderson. Nobody cares about seeing Ian Anderson pitch two more innings. I guess maybe if it was, you know, uh, peak Pedro Martinez, maybe you could make that case. This Ian Anderson, he's a, he's a decent young pitcher, but nobody cares. It was just a way to, you know, and so when people made, wrote the article saying it makes the game less entertaining to have Ian Anderson taken out in the middle of an, in the middle of a no hitter, like, no, it doesn't. Not if you care about like, and I'm not going to say their, their opinions are invalid. I will say I strongly disagree with them because for me, baseball is the fun part. And guess what? Know what the Braves did when they took Ian Anderson, they brought in another guy to pitch. And that guy, he stood on the same mound and threw pitches to the same home plate. And the, the hitters tried to hit him instead. It's still baseball. So like, you're really looking for something to clutch your pearls about, uh, clutch Jock Peterson's pearls about if you're just, if you're really that upset about Ian Anderson, not getting a chance to go six hitless innings instead of five. Like, come on, it's it's baseball. Enjoy your baseball. Uh, that that's my thought on that. I I feel like people were. I, I understand professional journalists have to have stuff to write about, and and maybe some of these old men do actually believe the things they wrote. Uh, I'm on record as saying that a certain short bow tie wearing guy uh, isn't necessarily a very good writer and doesn't have super. Uh, interesting or intelligent thoughts about baseball. He had connections, so he was good at, at breaking trades and that got him a job. So anyway, I'm going to come back in a minute and talk about another not super intelligent guy who makes a lot of decisions for Major League Baseball named Fred Robman, I think. So keep it locked on, Dodgers. Hey, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, I'm back. I'm just going to do a short little segment here, and then I'll turn it over to Vince. Uh, first, I want to thank you so much for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day. I know the season's over, the regular season, the postseason. We're in off-season mode here in Dodgerland. Uh, but we're going to, Vince and I are going to keep coming to you five days a week. It's going to be different than it is during the season because we won't have games to talk about, but we are going to keep talking Dodgers with you, talking baseball with you. We would love to hear your thoughts. If you have ideas for segments, people you'd love to hear, you know, as guests on the show, all that stuff, feel free to hit us up. Vince will give you all the contact info at the end of the show. But for right, for right now, I just want to thank you for checking out Locked on Dodgers as your first listen every day. So there's a commissioner of baseball. Uh, Fred Robman, I think is his name, uh, something like that. Anyway, I know I have all the syllables, right. Might've got the order wrong. And he, the other day in a, uh, in an interview where he was basically given the task of defending the tomahawk chop. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get into the tomahawk chop, uh, politically speaking or whatever. Uh, I will say I am way ahead of the curve. I've hated the tomahawk chop since 1991, uh, it had nothing to do with anything other than uh, I, wa I grew up watching the Braves play in the 80s on TBS and they had 8,000 people at every game. 
And then suddenly 1991, they get good and everybody's showing up and doing the Tomahawk chop. And I'm just like, you know, I don't like Braves fans because of that. They're, they're front runners in my mind. Uh, so that's why I've always hated the Tomahawk chop. But obviously there's been, you know, with the Braves in the World Series, there's been a national spotlight on the Tomahawk chop. You know, the Indians are changing their name. Uh, the, the Washington Redskins changed their name. There, there's a lot of, you know, pressure, I guess. And so Rob Manfred was given the task as commissioner of baseball, I guess, of defending the chop. I don't know if that was his, uh, the task he was given or if it was a task he chose to take on and maybe uh, defending it, addressing it, whatever it is. But what he ended up saying as his excuse was he said the phrase, we don't market our game on a nationwide basis. What he was saying was here in Atlanta, this isn't offensive. Uh, and, and baseball, major league baseball is marketed locally. And so the fact that uh, people do things in Atlanta that might seem backwards or racist or whatever to, to fans in another city, it's because the game's not marketed nationally, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I, it's a dumb argument, you know, uh, because A, if if it is offensive, then it's offensive, uh, regardless of how many people know about it. Uh, but even more importantly, it's a lie that baseball is not marketed on a nationwide basis. Because look at this World Series, Game 5, that just ended a little bit before I started recording here. It started at local times for the teams involved little after 8 p.m., little after 7 p.m. The game got over at like 12.15 a.m. Atlanta time where it was being played and like 11.15 p.m. in Houston where the other team is based on a school night, which means there were zero uh, children who are fans of the Braves and Astros who got to watch the end of the game and be well-rested for school this morning. That's the... That's the choice parents had to make, kids had to make. Do you want to watch baseball or do you want to get a good night's sleep before you go to school in the morning? Um, and that was done because of nationwide TV considerations. National TV networks make those calls on, on the starting time. So you can't tell me that the game isn't marketed on a nationwide basis when you are literally making Houston and Atlanta play series late at night when none of their fans can watch or much fewer of their fans can watch. If they were really not marketing on a nationwide basis, this game would have started at, at the latest, 7 p.m. Atlanta time and probably more like 6 p.m. There's a lot of Braves fans in the central time zone because Atlanta is you know, pretty far west. And so, uh, and the Astros are in the central time zone. They probably would have started at 6 o'clock Eastern, so it could have been done by 9 o'clock. Uh, well, not, no, no playoff games, only going three hours. No World Series game, but it could have been done by 10 o'clock. You know, and that's something as a parent, I'm like, yeah, I'll let you stay up till 10. I'm not letting you stay up till midnight on a school night. I'll let you stay up a little late, stay up till 10 to watch this game. Sure. Uh, and so Rob Manfred continues to talk out of both both sides of his mouth. Uh, my, my big issue with Rob Manfred, and I'm going to say, I've probably said, I don't know if I've said this on the show. I've said it to a lot of people. I think good attorneys are very important for every big organization to have. Every big company, including Major League Baseball, needs good attorneys. What I don't think, I don't think that being a good attorney is a qualification to be in charge of the organization. And as far as I can tell, that's Rob Manfred's only qualification is that he was a good attorney. And so he ended up next in line. And when whoever the last commissioner was retired, 
okay, my handpicked successor, who's a good attorney, and that's how he got got in line. He's now the commissioner. Well, he's not a good commissioner. He's not a good anything other than attorney that I've seen. You know, of all the things that a commissioner is supposed to do, he's not very good at any of them. He's a good attorney, I assume, because he was a good enough attorney that it got him to be commissioner. But Rob Manfred should not be commissioner based on being a good attorney. And there has been nothing in his work as commissioner of baseball that has said, oh, it's a good thing we picked this guy. This is good for the sport. And so, you know, uh, whatever it is, uh, I, I don't know if Rob Manfred is ever going to get, get fired from his job because the commissioner works for the owners. And, you know, that that's probably why the owners wanted a good attorney so that, you know, they figured he'd be tough in negotiations. And we'll see how that goes in the CBA negotiations this, this offseason. You know, that's probably something we'll have to talk about soon because you know, there may be a work stoppage, which would, which would suck. But, you know, my main overarching point for this segment is hashtag Jeff for commissioner, Rob Manfred. Uh, yeah, he's an idiot. Bottom line. Uh, he He's good at some things. You know, I, I talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect. That's maybe Rob Manfred, you know, the fact that he's a good attorney, he thinks he's good at other things and he's just not. And so uh, he, like a lot of people in leadership roles at Major League Baseball, should not be allowed to talk out loud uh, because they just end up saying dumb things. So that's going to be it for me. Vince is going to come along. He's going to talk some more. Uh, he may have some Albert Pujols news, uh, you know, and then talk a little bit about the World Series from his perspective. So that's going to do it for me. Thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day. And Vince will be along in a minute. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food, all the good treats, all the good desserts, and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. We got that dessert for you. It's called Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie can be upward of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein to go with it. Replace that coconut cream pie with the coconut Built Bar or the raspberry Built Bar with the raspberry pie. There's lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, 100% covered in chocolate. It's a great option for when you're hungry. It's a great option for when you need dessert. It's a great option not just for Thanksgiving, but for any time of the year, any any day of the, of the year. So bring some to your family gatherings. Make things less awkward. Maybe your aunt wants to try the Bill Bar. I don't know. There's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors will be coming in and out. So check Bill.com regularly. And there's nothing like a Bill Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar because Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So right now, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Get it in time for Thanksgiving. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen every morning. Make sure to tap in with us every Monday through Friday. Uh, start your morning right. Yo, 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 I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Vien Fiends, here to close out the episode. And like Jeff mentioned, there wasn't too much Dodger-centric things or news that happened this past weekend. Um, I guess the one thing that could be considered news is that something we kind of knew. Albert Pujols said that uh, he wants to retire when the time is right, but he doesn't think that time is here yet. Uh, he is playing currently playing now in the Dominican Winter League. He hit a walk-off in his first game, although when you hear hit a walk-off and you hear, and you see what Albert Pujols did, you don't necessarily correlate the two. He hit a 
little slow chopper down the third baseline and third baseman couldn't make the play. And yeah, everyone got to go home happy, but yeah, for the, and, and when it comes to the Dodgers and, and we talked, Jeff talked about this a little bit last week with Pujols. I, I just don't see a reunion happening. I know the Dodgers ended up, you know, really liking Pujols. Pujols really took to that clubhouse and the, and the hugs after home runs and everything else. But at the end of the day, you know, Pujols kind of fell off toward the end of the year. He was really good in that pinch hitter role or against lefties. But, you know, there there was hardly any times other than that one game five of the NLCS where the dot where he had, what, two or three hits. Um, there wasn't – you couldn't really count on him in big spots. He came up in the big spot against Matzek, struck out, came up in a couple other big spots, and then and, and, – yeah, just didn't come through. I, I think velocity gets to him a little bit now. I think left-handers, if they don't throw him anything but a, a fastball that's like 95 or less, um, there's not too much damage to be done on, on a greater scale. Even with the DH, I think there's better options the Dodgers could go after uh, in a DH role than, than have Albert Pujols out there every time there's a left-handed pitcher. So as much as I love Pujols and, and I appreciate his time here with the Dodgers, I think it's going to come to an end. We'll see how he does in the Winter League. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll find himself back in St. Louis with, with Yadier and Wainwright for, for one last ride to a wild card. I don't know. Yeah, so um, other than that, yeah, not too much news on the Dodger front. Halloween was on Sunday. The Dodgers posted. It's always interesting um, around this time because there's players that are technically still Dodgers until the World Series ends. So, you know, the Dodgers sometimes post this stuff. And uh, even though there's guys that might not be Dodgers here in the next month, two months or so, um, they always, you know, post Dodgers for Halloween or whatever else the case is. Uh, one of those being being Kershaw and family, which I think is going to come back anyways. Uh, but, yeah, the, the costumes, kind of generic, nothing – out of the ordinary, you had the Jensen kids. You had Corey Kniebel and family were were frozen. Um, you had Austin Barnes. They were all cats, I think, or bats. Uh, I think the star of the show, though, was the Kellys, Joe and and Ashley, I believe, um, recreated the iconic denim outfit and and uh, whatever you want to call it of Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears back whenever it was for whatever event. Um, they really got the, the the costume down to a nail, so it was pretty fun and pretty funny. That was that was the best. Um, although the Dodgers, there wasn't too many crazy outfits there. You can always look back at when they do the, the, the outfits on the final road trip or the final airplane ride of the season, and uh, there's a lot of good, good stuff there. Other than that, I mean, on, on my side, um, a little bit different from Jeff, where I've had to watch the World Series and for work, so I have to pay attention and keep track and, you know, kind of watch every game. Um, yeah, the games have – depends how much you love baseball or who you care about. Uh, I think for, for me, it's, I, I love baseball and, you know, I watch baseball all year, but – I invest so much into the Dodgers and, and watching the Dodgers that when it ends, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, let me watch more baseball. Like, I've, I've watched almost 162 games of Dodger baseball, whatever other other baseball I watch, however long they're in the playoffs, you know, doing podcasts every day and, and 
covering for ravine fiends and everything else and then you're just like well you know i did a lot of baseball and and now there's two teams playing um the games haven't been like super entertaining uh there was a, a good game I mean, last night's game was was decently entertaining because there was a lot of runs scored but after like the sixth inning it was kind of like a dead period uh there was a good game in game four it was kind of close so that was fun um but yeah it, it's been I think about it from the perspective of how would the Dodgers be doing if they had made it. And honestly, it's hard to answer because you don't know how Julio and Bueller and even Scherzer would have held up. You don't know how effective they would have been. You don't know if, if it was just a case of the NLCS, everything caught up to them and they would have been refreshed and ready to go for the World Series. Or would they have continued to be you know, tired or ineffective like they were in the NLCS? So it's hard to say from that perspective, although the Braves haven't really had a good – the best start that they had is the five innings from Ian Anderson, no hit ball. Other than that, Max Reed didn't do that great. Charlie Morton ended up getting hurt, so he wasn't able to go that deep. And then they had the bullpen game, two bullpen games. Um, but the, the Astros aren't hitting. They're infield before last night, and they got a couple hits last night, so probably up their average. But before last night, the Astros infield of, of – the cheating infield of Guriel, Altuve, Correa, Bregman was hitting 169. And Altuve was basically carrying that. He had the two home runs from that group and he had two RBI. So I think the Dodgers pitching, as long as they held up, they would have been able to hold the Astros to not not too many runs, although it might have been a little bit more of a slugfest, maybe. Um, you know, the Braves pitchers mentor finally looked gassed there in game five last night so maybe it's starting to catch up to him but yeah um and then on on the other side the braves you know I, i've i saw people or people told me after the nlcs like man i hope rosario like goes one for 20 in the world series or i hope you know whatever blah blah, blah. for me it didn't feel that way because i'd rather lose to at least somewhat sustained success over a three-week period rather than the fluke week where Eddie Rosario was the hottest hitter in baseball. He's continued to be not as hot as he was in the in the NLCS, but still getting hits two, three. He's had a few multi-hit games, and, and he's continued to be a threat. So at least that. Because if, if, you know, if he goes turns back into a pumpkin and then you're the Dodgers, you're like, well, that guy literally just got hot for a week, and now he sucks and – uh, you think about it more from the Dodger perspective. So when it comes to like pitching wise, there hasn't been, you know, Jeff talked about the starting pitching stuff. It's more of a product of just how the teams got their injuries, things like that. You know, it was cool to see Zach Greinke's an interesting one. Cause you know, I still like Zach Greinke, but I don't know. There's just like one of those, I don't fully like Zach Greinke, even if there's, I guess not really a reason. He always said he would chase the money, chase the money. It wasn't really his fault. He got traded to the Astros, but you know, whatever the case is, um, he had a nice start, went four innings. He has two hits in this series. He has more, I think the same amount of hits as Bregman. Um, probably this, I don't know, Curry, I think got two hits last night, but he got a pinch hit last night. So that's fun. You know, these times watching pitchers that might've been, you know, Zach Granke might be the last pitcher to get a hit in the world series, you know, who knows? Um, 
definitely not the last pitcher to get a hit because they'll, they'll be pitchers that end up pinch hitting, even if they have universal DH. Pinch hitters end up pinch hitting at some point in a, in a long game or something. We, we've seen that before. So I don't want to say the last pitcher to get a hit, but definitely one of the last pitchers to get a hit in the World Series probably. So unless Otani uh, finds a new team and ends up making the playoffs with that new team because he's not going to make it uh, with the Angels. But yeah, World Series. Uh, you know, it's been interesting to watch if you if you're not watching and hanging on every pitch. Uh, some of the games have been a little long. Some of the games haven't been too long. And now it heads back to Houston on Tuesday. Max Fried will try to 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 win it for the Braves. Uh, the the Astros will have Luis Garcia. Honestly, I just want the Braves to to win it on Tuesday. I don't want to go to a game seven. I don't want to ask, like Jeff mentioned earlier in this episode, if the Astros continue on and, yeah, they're still good, five straight NLCS, three World Series in the last five years, blah, blah, blah. But if the only time they ever win was the year they cheated, you know, I think it just further validates the fact that they would never, they they are a good team, but they would never have won it without cheating. And I guess that makes me feel better since there's nothing else that's going to happen. They're never going to, you know, take the championship away from them. Their fans are never going to say anything in, in, you know, accept, accept responsibility for that. So if they're, if they're going to have to continue to be good, I hope they're always good, but never good enough. And uh, I guess I can live with that. So that's going to do it for, for my part. It's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for making us lockdown Dodgers. Your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube. We are, will be back tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll take some questions from listeners or we'll, we'll find something. Jeff and I will find something. So that, that's going to be tomorrow's episode. Make sure to make your second listen of the morning locked on MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, AKA Sully. It brings you a unique perspective on the major leagues past and present also free and available on all platforms. If you want to get a hold of us, you can do so via email, lockedondodgers at gmail.com. You can always leave us a text or send us or send us a text, leave us a voicemail at 323-863-LOCK. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at lockedondodgers. DMs are open on there. DMs are also open uh, if you follow Jeff at Snydog on Twitter, if you follow me at Vince Samperio. Uh, yeah, that's it. We're, we're here every weekday morning. We hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Take your mind device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.